everybody. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are myself, Garrett Wong, and my co-host, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil. Hello, Hello sir. Hello there. Hello there, sir. How Hello. are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Yes. Okay. Good yeah, good to see you too. Um, I know you're getting ready to gear up to head back to Vancouver right now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. getting ready to go back to work mm-hmm. on Resident Alien. And then the the other show I worked on, Turner and Hooch is getting ready mm-hmm. to premiere. Yeah. So uh, yeah, lots. Yeah, it's, it's busy. lots of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, I just had my first Pfizer shot yes, uh, two days ago. So um, oh. yeah, I was congratulations. The, thank you. I was sitting on the fence for a while. I mean, I've been traditionally someone who has been quite allergic to everything. Like right. for instance, when I was in, uh, when I was on Voyager, I met with an allergist. I don't know if you've done that before. And they yes. basically, yeah, you take your shirt off life on your stomach and they prick your back with like a hundred different little possible allergens. And, yeah. um, that doctor came back in after the results and he says, Oh, you know, I'd like to inform you that you are allergic to 99.9% of what I tested you for. <laughs> I said, oh what? God. He said, every tree, grass, everything, which then made sense. Cause I play golf. And typically when I'm playing golf, I'm okay. The first nine holes, but by hole 10, if I'm playing 18 holes, yeah. I start to notice itchy that my stuffy itchy, and- my nose starts running, you know, and wow. by the end of the round, I, I look like a mess, you know, and I'm just sneezing. And so that's because you're playing golf on grass and I'm allergic to every grass known to man. So there you go. So that was my big fear, Robbie. I said, you know what, I'm going to be that, that 0.01% that takes this vaccine and ends up in the hospital. And so I've been so nervous. So I've been really just kind of procrastinating and procrastinating. And finally I talked to, um, I talked to my neurologist, um, and he said, listen, you need to, you really need to work on getting that vaccine. I said, well, okay, but these are my concerns. He said, well, those are definitely valid concerns, but I want to tell you right now that Delta variant that's going around right yes. now, mm-mm-mm. he says, you're over 50. You've had some head trauma when you hit your head and fell, you know, in Calgary yeah. twice now um, you've had spinal surgery. So you're more at risk. And with that Delta variant, uh, there's a one in 20 chance that you'll be hospitalized or die. And I said, one in 20. And I, if you catch it, you know, that you can, yeah. you, you will, it, it's rolling the dice at that point. Yeah. Right. So it's, and then you also texted me, you were like, Hey, uh, you should probably get that vaccine pretty soon. So well, I, I read here in Utah where we live that, mm. uh, that it, the, the cases with the Delta variant, the cases have gone up dramatically recently. And, uh, more than half of the new cases are all the Delta variant. Delta variant. This, dairy, yeah. this dangerous form. So, yeah, I'm very grateful that we have science. Yeah. Um, and, Agreed. And that, and that they can do magic like this because it really is amazing. But it's science. It's just science. And the more I looked into it for myself, the more confident I was that it was the smart, absolutely the smartest move. And, you know, I still try to be smart about germs in general and, and COVID uh, specifically. But, you know, if I'm going into a large store, I'll probably wear a mask. The, I, yeah. I do wear a mask these days. I went grocery shopping today. I wore a mask. Um, yeah. Even though I've been vaccinated just because for everybody else, I don't want to be a carrier. Right. I, I just want this thing to be over for all of us. So. Yeah. And then you're right. I, I still wear a mask everywhere in public still. Yeah. And um Vegas, uh, Nevada is, is open now. So there are, and it's, it's sort of on, it's, it's on, 
you know, there's no one checking for vaccination cards. They're just yeah. saying all the casinos here say, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. And they're just saying that. So anybody can just not wear a mask and nobody's being stopped yeah. to say like, let's see your vaccination card. So it's really just, it's up to yeah, whether or not I, the person I have is mixed feelings about that. Honestly, like, yeah. I, I, you know, having a vaccine passport that people have to prove I have mixed feelings about that kind of thing, but I just mm -hmm. think it's reasonable that, um, that, that if we can, most of us, most all of us can get vaccinated. It's good for everybody. Yeah. If, if we continue to be smart with, masks and things like that. I, th yeah. I think, uh, you know, this isn't going to disappear magically overnight, no. but no, but we've, we we're in such a better place right now than we were a year ago. So it's, uh, it's difficult to, to, um, realize, to know that more, it's almost like half of the population is still not vaccinated. Right. So yeah. of that number, I don't know if people are just busy and how many of those are, are anti-vaccine. I'm not sure, but, um, yeah. So that, that is the other issue involved yeah. right now. Right. So, uh, but we can all do what we can only, we can only do what we can do ourselves. That's it. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can't really force anybody to like, you better go get it right now or else, you know, we're going to beat you up. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. If someone doesn't want to do it, they're not going to do it. That's the yeah. bottom line. You know? Um, yeah. I think that, you know, the, the information you talk about, like the, the wonderful thing about the internet is we can all have access to information mm -hmm. in ways we didn't 20, 30, 40 years ago. We just, mm. you know, we can, I can look up anything. I mean, we all do this now. <laughs> like you're having a conversation about, Oh, who is that actor in that movie? Yeah. You can look it up. Like yeah. no one has to know it. You can no. look it up. It's true. But, but you can find anything you want to find to back up whatever your preconceived bias or agenda is. Yeah. If, if you want, you know, That's you can true. find any evidence you want to support anything. To support any argument, right? One side and, or the coin or the other. And yes. that can be a dangerous situation to know what is trustworthy information, what is not. And, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's okay. uh, confusing, you know, the more information we get, the more confusion we get to. Yeah. So. Yeah. Agreed. Sometimes. Agreed. Anyway, what are we doing today? Uh, we're, we're doing displaced. Displaced. displaced displaced is the episode so okay all right let's go ahead and uh let's get right to it uh robbie and i are going to go watch displaced we'll be right back with our comments and discussion thanks all guys right, see you soon hey guys we are back from watching displaced yes we are yeah that was fun actually yeah i really fun. i having no memory of that episode from the title, from the description, yeah. nothing. I could yeah. not remember anything. Um, watching it was really, really fun because um, I did start to remember some things and I, I, I just thought it was a really good episode. I, yeah. I, I and really a lot did. Of, a lot of Tom Paris. A lot of Tom Paris in it. It so. had a lot of Tom Paris. I, that's not exactly why. It, it did have a lot of Tom Paris, but it had a lot of everybody. It felt like yeah. to me, everybody. Chakotay had a a runner you had great moments uh i think the only one that didn't have much of anything maybe was kess she had one line or you know she was yeah but yeah. other I, I feel like it involved the whole crew in the story yes yes i feel like whenever there's a story that uh involves where, where the whole crew has some stakes in it you know what i mean mm -hmm. those are my favorite episodes yeah so uh, this one, I felt like the whole crew had stakes in it. Everybody was involved. I thought it was great. Yeah. I would give this, I, I'm feeling good these days. I'm going to give this an eight out of 10. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. So okay. I'm going to go lower than you on this one. Seven out of 10. So, mm. yeah, but still a good episode regardless. Still good. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was fun. Okay. Let's start with our um, poetry synopsis. Oh, Let's yes. begin with your haiku, please. Let me um, get to my haiku, my lovely haiku. I don't know why I'm doing this accent. It's a <laughs> weird accent. And your screen is moving like there's an earthquake happening. Yes. <laughs> you talk. notes right up there. I've got a touch screen. Okay. Here's my haiku. Yeah. My haiku for displaced. Mm, let's hear it. Swapped with Nerians. Mm. Tom and Torres, hot and cold. <laughs> cold saves Voyager. Get it? Because the cold is yes. the thing that things are hot and cold. So mm. I, I was going on the, it was a poetic sort of haiku interpretation. Sure. Yes. Totally. And you can choose whatever type of poetic interpretation you'd like. So yes. that's good. And there's and no wrong answer, sir. No. And mm -hmm. haikus are supposed to, haikus are supposed to have some element of nature or yeah. the senses. Mm -hmm. so figured hot and cold. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Very good. Right. How about you? I can't believe I have literally after this, I have two more limericks to do. And then it's back to you with the limericks. I know. So, Okay, just when I'm getting kind of the hang of it, too. I know, so you're getting good at these. Getting better. Okay, here is my limerick for Displaced. Okay. Voyager crew vanish one by one. The ship's new captain is Nerian. Jailed with other crews, an escape ensues. Minus 20 ruins Damar's fun. Whoa, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very nice. You yeah. are getting good at these. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, you okay. know, I try, I try. Okay, so this episode is written by Lisa Klink, our good friend yeah. Lisa Klink, and directed once again by one of our favorite directors, Alan Craker. Was yeah. this Alan's second episode with us? This is uh, his second episode with yeah, us. Yeah, only his second one. That's and it. I got to say, he did a phenomenal job. Amazing he, job. Blocking, Some of those oh, the shots, the God. staging, it just was, it was, it was perfect really good really everything well flowed so well and it just it, very organic and just mm -hmm. it just looked cool you know some of the shots yeah. he chose were just cool shots for sure yeah. um okay so let's talk a little bit about our our guest stars um we have kenneth tegar i think that's hopefully i'm pronouncing yes. that correctly yeah. um he plays damar sort of the lead nerian yes. um Experience on Next Generation before Voyager. So, and that seems to be the ongoing theme with most of our guest stars. They've always right. worked on some other Star Trek incarnation. So, Kenneth Tigar was on TNG. Um, interesting. I made a, you know, when I was doing my video reactions, I made a note that he reminds me a little bit of Bob Picardo. I mean, he gives off a Bob oh, Picardo sort of vibe. That's crazy that he reminded you of Bob. He did then, in one particular shot. Yeah. So yeah. there's a, one of my video reactions. I, I actually um, show my reaction to how he, in that particular scene, he came off, he gave me a Bob Picardo feeling. I was like, Hey, this is kind of Picardo-esque in a way, just as how his face. I is. wonder that you bring that up. I wonder mm -hmm. how many guest stars, came on to our show as, mm. as guest stars, but had auditioned for one of these roles, you know, whether it was the doctor or Neelix. Or, oh, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I wonder how many. How many were. For Paris, you know. Sure. 
on the came sure. on third audition for Paris. That'd be interesting to find out. That would be. That would be. Then we have uh, Mark L. Taylor, who plays Jarleth. And Jarleth also has experience with um, uh, TNG, another oh, TNG wow. uh, 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 alumni. And James Noah, who plays the role of um dr rislin yes rislin yeah uh ds9 he was on ds9 and uh did not know how old he was but he was born in 1935 so he was the oldest of the entire group wow Um, his debut uh guest starring role on television was bonanza which made me go oh my gosh i mean that that kind of pulls you back when you're like what bonanza that's kind of nuts and then nancy nancy young but who kind of plays, I don't think she was given a name. She was just the Nerian female commander of the, the environments, basically. T- right? Talene, yeah. they did say it at one point. Talene. Oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, okay. T- Talene or Talene, Talene mm-hmm. or something okay, like that. Okay, so they do mention it uh, for a second there. Okay. Yep. Um, again, another um, Star Trek alumni. She she guest starred on DS9, just like Noah did. and wow. um, And she did her undergraduate at, uh, a college in Minnesota, but her MFA, her graduate degree, is from University of Georgia. Yes, go yes, dogs! Yes, go yes. Uh, she has an oh. MFA in directing. So that's wow. Uh, that was Nancy's uh, deal, and and all these oh, all of these guest cool. stars. If you look at their resumes, good lord! I mean, it's so long. All the guest stars, the uh, guest starring roles that they have done yeah. over the years, the decades. Really, it's more decades than years. They've yeah. they've had very very long careers. Um, did you work with any of these guest stars in any capacity before or after? No. Okay. No, not that I know of. Right. No. Okay. Just I can't curious. think. I can't think that our paths crossed, and I no. Mm-mm. But right. they. I thought they were all good. Like I said, I, I really liked this episode. I thought the guest stars were all really good. Mm. Um, there were no clunkers. I. I thought the script. You know, Lisa Clink wrote a great script, and Alan just knocked this one out of the park. He did a, a phenomenal job. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so so okay. let's get it let's get into the episode yeah the first scene we see uh tom and balana stepping out of the holodeck and they're kind of walking down the hall they they were doing a klingon martial arts program and yeah balana is just frustrated she doesn't want to do it she no. failed in some way and so she's mad she's, she's mad. mad they're walking <laughs> down the hall and i noticed as, as i watched this scene that um that I was talking really fast <laughs> and I, re- it reminded me that, you know, our hallways weren't that long and sometimes the dialogue, like where they wanted us to start and finish, yeah, it, it didn't quite fit. And so we'd have to keep talking really fast so that we got all the words out before we hit the next place. Okay. And I noticed myself talking really fast and uh, in fact, there's one, I can't remember the line, but there's one point where you see me sort of stumble as if I forgot my line and I, and I remembered it and it's in the scene. I mean, it's, you know, it's, you can see me sort of stumble for the line for a second. And, and, but I know, I, I know that Alan must've said, you know, I want you walking this fast and time it out. So you guys get to the end of the scene here. Right. right. And I didn't want to screw it. I'm sure I didn't want to screw it up. So I was like, shit, what's my next line? And then uh. I, then I remembered it and kept going. 
but it sort of worked in the energy of the scene. But I definitely know that there was a bump there where I was like, what's my line? Okay. Well, as someone who is basically a casual observer watching this episode again, um, I did not notice that. Like there, there's no part of your performance that I say, man, he's rushing through those lines that didn't really? come off. And not once did I, did I pick up on the fact that you had dropped a line in your head and then had to, you know, find, I it. could see it. I yeah, could see you it. can see it, but that's you, I, you know, I yeah. don't think anyone else is going to even make that note. So you're being overly critical. I'm going to say, right? okay. Okay. I okay. do want to, I do want to ask you one thing when she, yes. when she kind of grabs the pat bat lift and almost hits you in the face with it, did she actually have an accident where she actually did hit you in the head or, or, you know, no. was there any, no. So you don't recall any mishaps no. happening, but, but I remember as, as I watched this episode, I did remember a lot of these scenes. Yeah. They came back to me as I was watching them. Mm -hmm. And I, and I feel like what I remembered was that that bit with the bat lift where she's, gesturing with it and i'm sort of my eyes are watching the bat left fly around near me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think we we added that to the scene i don't think that was oh, necessarily scripted okay, okay i think what was scripted was later on when when she does at the at the end of her speech i say hey be careful with that thing you know yeah. or something something like that right and i think what 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 i remember happening and i could be wrong but what i remember happening is that we took that line as sort of a cue for Oh, uh, what if she's, you know, gesturing with it? And, and it, we sort of developed the bit, I guess. And there were okay. a couple of times in this episode where I remember, oh, let's add this bit, you know, this bit of business, this, this thing that might mm -hmm. make the scene. It's not scripted, but if we, if we kind of play it this way, it'll add something to it. So that's something with the bat left. I think we added, yeah. you know, the, the kind any, of physicality of it. And Any comments on your wardrobe? It was very low cut. I had a lot of <laughs> chest, chest hairs. I, you were showing cleavage. I was showing cleavage. Really and I do remember um, that they would have to put the makeup down my neck and onto my chest. I do. Yeah. I do remember. To blend uh, when, it in. Yeah. yeah. A number of episodes, but in this one in particular, like they have to take the makeup so that my face is not one color. So it doesn't right. look like makeup or whatever. And, yeah. And go down on my chest. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I liked the look of it overall. I mean, it was a, a little yeah. low cut, but still, it was a nice looking piece of garment, right? Yeah. Um, still so quite masculine. Yeah, <laughs> and, it was good. Right. The outfits. I thought, you know, our, our martial arts are Klingon yeah. inspired martial arts outfits. Yeah. Um, and then when, so the first guy that shows up. That's um, Damar. That's Damar. Damar mm -hmm. shows up. Yeah. And he just sort of appears in the hall. And my first thought was, why didn't Paris like grab the batleth or something to get in a defensive posture? Like I yeah. was awfully friendly to him. We just sort of yeah. looked at him. You're like, Hey, yeah. Oh, Hey, you just oh, appeared hey. on our yeah. ship. And <laughs> why wouldn't I assume that an unannounced yeah, you, alien beaming yeah. onto our ship could yeah. be a potential threat. And if exactly. I don't have a phaser, why didn't I grab the batleth and like, what's up Yeah, or something? Yeah. Um, that, that was a moment that seemed kind of strange to yeah. me. See, the, that, that is a definitely a moment I made note of, and that's why I gave it a seven and not an eight. Like Things yeah. like that kind of made me think, huh. And so yeah. this alien, basically, Damar, you know, he, he appears. It's too cold. It's too bright. And I made a note. These are the thimble hat aliens. <laughs> They've yes. got those bizarre looking, I don't know, almost like it kind of looks. Remember that musical group Devo? 
<laughs> Depot oh, yeah. had those like upside down, like red cones, um, oh, cones or planter, you know, something you yeah. have to plant in. And that's kind of what it looks like, kind of like a planter or a thimble. So, um, yes. yeah. So I just made a you know, yeah. quick note about hats. that. Cute yeah. hats. Yes. Very, well, because they're cold. They need to wear a hat all the time. Yeah. So being an American, and since we don't use Celsius, I did have to make the transition and I, I Googled it. 45 degrees Celsius is 113 degrees Fahrenheit. That's wow. what he's used to. So he's used to Vegas temperatures in the summer where I am currently at right now. So wow. that's, yeah, these, these guys are super, 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 uh, um, uh, they need that. I mean, that's crazy. If that's their normal temperature all the time. Yeah. Oof. That's hot. Yeah. That's super, well, super I, hot. You do notice later on when not to give away spoilers, but when Janeway and Tuvok are working on the alien ship later on, they did add sweat onto her. On Janeway, but Tuvok didn't have anything. So I, I was wondering, is that because Vulcan? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, planet Vulcan has two suns. So naturally, I'm going to assume it's hotter than any other place. So I yeah. think Vulcans are okay with really hot weather because Tuvok yeah. looked like, you know, fresh as fresh yeah, as he the looked day. okay. He looked great. Janeway yeah. was sweating Janeway, and, and she yeah. never sweats in real life. So right. that was all added to, to accommodate. You're for right. She doesn't sweat. No, she never sweated. Is Kate an so, alien? She, Kate is an actual alien. <laughs> I think she is. I knew it. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so he appears in the hall. Next yeah. thing we go to the, we go to sick bay and the doctor's yeah. examining him. He's like, it's bright. I'll turn the lights down. The doc yeah. says, and then uh, the doc says, you know, Kess hasn't arrived yet. That's strange. Mm -hmm. Where is she? And they mm -hmm. scan, they ask the computer and she is not on the ship. No, she's not on the ship. And I just want to rewind just a little bit back. I just want yeah. to say that when, um, after you guys say here, uh, Torres says, let me take you to sick bay. And essentially, um, that's the first time you see Torres's calves. <laughs> you don't see, really? we're always wearing Starfleet uniform. You don't really see people's legs. And I think this might be the first time. Do we ever time. have Starfleet shorts? Mm. I don't think so. I don't think oh. I can't remember any Starfleet shorts. Yeah. Yeah. And I love a good pair of shorts. Yes, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we need there there needs really? to be Starfleet shorts. That, I yes. think that, that would be the way to go. I agree. Yes. Okay, agree. so jump back to the sick bay. Um yeah, so we're in the sick bay. They ask the computer where's Kess? Because she's right. not around. She's and the computer says Kess is not on board. And and then Janeway puts together Janeway says, what time? And it was 1,132 hours that both of them, the first uh, Nerian alien, mm -hmm. arrived at 1,132 hours and Kess disappeared at 1,132. So yeah. a switcheroo. Yeah, a switcheroo. So we go to engineering and Harry and Bellana mm -hmm. are trying to sort this out. Was there yeah. some kind of, uh, you know... Um, anomaly or something that's doing this they're looking for some natural um explanation and right and uh, so they're doing their little scans and trying to figure it out and, mm -hmm. and balana says harry do you think i'm hostile <laughs> <laughs> your reaction was awesome <laughs> we're like hmm? you, you, you like that reaction okay i the, yeah the, this uh this scene did refresh my memory of this episode i was like oh i remember this scene i remember this scene because in when i was reading it her line at the end which is then why do you look like you're afraid for your life i so had i had such a difficult time with this as an actor because i kept thinking this is just a weird line just for me to to react to because 
I've always felt that Harry is extremely comfortable with Balana because they were the two from caretaker episode mm-hmm. that were, that were afflicted with that um, disease. They were going to die. So there's, there's always been this camaraderie between uh, Torres and Kim. And, uh, you know, they have always been work, you know, you see them working together multiple times. And so the, my feeling was as an actor, like, well, why would he be, he wouldn't be afraid for his life around her, but the only way that would happen would be for, if her conversation just got more and more aggressive. And I, I do feel like that the, the ball was dropped a little bit, you know, by, uh, by mm. Alan in that our director in that maybe he could have had her a bit more in my face closer, mm-hmm. like, you know, where she's losing control because I didn't feel like very threatened by how she was saying it, you know, and also because of my knowledge of the history of our relationship, uh, the Harry Bellana relationship. Um, I think everything you said is true. I think all the, all the, the connection that you have with Bellana, but in this particular story, I yeah. it didn't bother me because clearly from that first scene with Tom and then all the way throughout. Yeah they're kind of leaning into this. She's got a short temper. She's argumentative. She's bickering with Tom throughout the episode. Like, so I I think that it was kind of leaning into her, her hot temper. Okay. You know, know, more than like your comfort level, it's more about her than about you. you Right. Right. She can go off and lose it very quickly. Yeah. Um, So you weren't bothered by the reaction. Uh, after oh, I thought Kim's... it was great. Okay, so you're good with it. It was funny. I, I, anytime we can bring a little funny into the show, I think it's good. That's why I yeah. like that bit with the bat left of Tom sort of, yeah. you know, dodging as she was gesticulating with it and all. Mm-hmm. But it was great. I, yeah, so yes, that definitely there. that scene with Harry and Bellana has a bit of funny. And later we'll see there's some other other funny lines from other characters. So yes, there yeah. was just, just enough humor in there yeah. in this episode to really great. kind of Lisa make it Lisa did nice. a great job of just yeah. bringing in a little bit of humor and okay. some funny. I thought it was great. So I'm being overly critical of my I reaction. think so. I think okay. it's more about her character than mm. absolutely is trying to land this uh, idea right. that she's got a, a short temper and that, and that she's, she's sort of questioning it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, and, and then, so she's, she, she walks away from you at one point and the camera kind of pans with her. And then we hear an off camera noise and we cut back and to, to what Bellana sees and Harry's gone. He's disappeared. Yeah. But I just want to say a number of times, cause there was a lot of these moments of coming people coming on and off different places. A lot of, uh, there was a number of places where people beamed in or out off camera and I do remember there was a cost, yeah. you know, a visual effects cost every time someone beamed in or beamed out. And I'm sure that the reason they did this was for budget reasons that, right. you know, that, that that's why Roxanne walked away from you so that we, the camera could be off of you and play as a sound effect yeah. and then cut back. Well, yeah. So it's, well, it's free. Yeah. I actually walked away from her before I disappeared because I go to the side. So we both kind of walk away from you both kind of head different directions. And then we hear you disappear off camera. Yeah. So Harry disappears. And the way Balana reports that Harry's gone is really, there's really not much emotion, which I was a little bummed about. (laughs) (laughs) She's just like, "Uh, yeah, Captain Harry disappeared. (laughs) It was really just nonchalant sort of an answer response to that. I wanted her to be like, (gasps) kind of shocked, but you know, she wasn't. It's okay. I think that this whole episode, like that was one element of this episode where I feel like it's a big deal that, you know, Mm. strange aliens are appearing 
on our ship just randomly beaming in. It should mm-hmm. be, you know, it's it's the same feeling I had when yeah. when Paris didn't really react react to the uh, to, to Mark showing up, yeah, right? suspiciously yeah. or something. Okay. We just sort of turned and looked and. Yeah, I think that that could have been a bigger, bigger deal. Yeah, um, and they show, and and it's good that they showed. You know, when Kim disappears, instead of the Nerian appearing exactly in engineering, the Nerian appears on the bridge that replaces mm-hmm. Kim. So you know, they're able to incorporate other other sets, and it's not the same set. Um, and they keep that visual effect separate from from the one that they have to do for my disappearance. Uh, and now we just jump back and forth where we see different people disappearing. We have a scene in the corridor where we see my stand-in John Tampoya walking past Keith, who is hey, Sue Keith Henley's Rave. That's boyfriend. Right, yes, uh, Sue Henley was was Kate Mulgrew's stand-in, and Keith is the one who disappears after Harry disappears. So we see Keith um, leaving. And, and the th- the thing about Keith's disappearance, just to break down what happened, is the the camera's tied on a turbo lift. Keith walks out and as he's walking away, the camera pans over and he just sort of disappears down the hall. Yeah. But the thing about these shots is you can't be moving the camera, at least back then. Now we yeah. can do things a little differently, but back in the nineties, you couldn't be panning the camera on a, on a beam in or a beam out. You had right. to lock that camera off. So as Keith comes out and it pans over to the hall, what had to have happened is we had to pan the camera and then lock it mm-hmm. and then, clear everybody out and then you would do sort of a visual effects split screen or whatever Mm -hmm. to have him look like he's disappearing but that had to be a locked off camera so right um you know it was a it was a clever shot and Mm -hmm. we did that quite often on on people beaming in and then panning you know panning in or out of a, a beam in but right but you'll probably notice in the series that you don't see the camera moving a lot it doesn't move during a beam in. It's Correct. always static. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, I can't think of one, but I guess it's possible that the camera was panning dur- during a beam in, but not right. likely. Not Correct. likely at all. Correct. Okay. Um, yeah. So Keith got a little close up there. Yeah. All of our stand-ins got close up. They we saw all Richard, did. Richard yeah. Starstead in engineering. That's right. Um, yeah, that's Chicote stand-in. Yeah, yeah, Richard. And he actually hits his com badge, you know, later. Yeah. So we, he's doing some action, you know, he's, yeah. he's kind of like we've, the featured extra, really. Yeah, we've got scene, these, right? this montage of a lot of our regular background yeah. and extras and stand-ins, which mm-hmm. I love. Mm-hmm. I love when the Nerian appears in the holodeck and, and, <laughs> and he walks over and you see the two girls, the holodeck girls. Yeah, they're like, huh? Yeah, and, and you, hear, you hear one of them go, hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I thought to myself, they didn't let extras say lines no. or, or make sounds like that. So uh-uh. that had to have been after the fact, the loop group probably uh, added that. Okay. Because yeah. they probably said, oh, we should have the girls go mm-hmm, or do make some noise. Yeah. So we have a loop group yeah. uh, for the show that's probably six or eight people, you know, right. three men, three women, something like that. And wouldn't you say most most TV shows and films utilize a looping group yes. to do all that? Yes. And yeah. so, so they'll, they'll yeah. enhance the crowd scenes. Mm-hmm. They'll do special sounds or reactions off camera. Right. Um, I think in this episode... There's a character who's, you know, when, when Chakotay's running around the ship. Yeah, one of the last people left with Chakotay, right? Yes, one or of the yeah. last people who we never meet, by the way. Yeah, we only no. hear him. That's a loop grouper doing that Gennaro, voice. Gennaro. Gennaro. Truman yes. Gennaro. Mm-hmm. We only hear him, and that mm-hmm. must have been a loop grouper. Had to have been. Right. Um, yeah, but the girls... The girls on the holodeck, when you hear the... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loop group. Yep. Loop group. Yep. 
Um, I always thought that was a fun job. I was like, man, maybe I should see if I can get involved in a loop group. That just seems like a fun job to oh, do, yeah. just to add extra voices and sound effects and things like that, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We go back up to the bridge. So people are disappearing and we go up to the bridge and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And Tuvok disappears up yeah. there. Right in front of Janeway. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Gone. So we're in the briefing room and uh, we're trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Right. Um, and I got to say this briefing room scene was brilliant to me, the way that Alan staged it. Oh the, my gosh. I loved it's just it. Classic Alan Craker blocking. Ah, panning so around one character takes to the other yeah. it's it's really very simple ultimately for um the dp marvin rush to light because mm -hmm. you're really you just keep walking actors into you know yeah. one one actor carries the line to the next yeah it's great for the audience because the yeah the, the scene has energy and movement yeah. and yeah uh, it was fun for us as i recall you know as yeah. actors because we always <laughs> felt like oh this this will be fun it's not just you know static singles and we sit at a table and take our turn it's mm -hmm. moving and yeah it was a lot of fun so yeah anyway he, great job on that one and he yeah. in this scene this is when you know everyone's still trying to figure out like uh, tom, uh, tom talks about damar not recognizing anything on the navigational charts and um so we don't know what the heck's going on but janeway mm -hmm. at this point she decides to confine all the Nereans to the cargo bay because she mm -hmm. kind of, you know, her spidey senses are tingling. She's like, something's off about this, right? It's yeah. uncanny valley. We don't know what's happening. And um, every nine minutes and 20 seconds, there's another exchange of a yeah. Voyager crew member with a Nereon. And um, pretty soon there will be no Voyager crew members left. In, in, is she the, says uh, in 18 hours, yeah, we'll all be, all be gone, gone at this rate. Every single one of them. So, yeah. but she's, you know, she's got that gut feeling right there. She also, a couple other things in the scene that I thought were funny. There was a moment where Paris is, says, uh, you know, maybe it's an anomaly and he sort of crosses his arms and he hasn't spoken to Bellana since their sort of bickering fight in the, mm -hmm. in the hallway and he's crossing his arms. Then she comes over and throws in her two cents and crosses her arms. And then yeah. Tom looks down and he uncrosses his arm. And so there's this bit of like, non-dialogue business going on that I thought was really fun. And uh, it was funny. It was, I love that stuff. I don't know if yeah. it was Alan that came up with it or if it was. Uh, I thought it was more coincidence, actually. Like it was oh, just it was subconscious. It was subconscious. You think it was a bit? Because oh, I almost feel bit. like it was a subconscious thing that sort of like, sometimes you will mimic um, the person that's next to you that just, it's human nature that that'll happen, you know? Um, it might've like happened if I, unconsciously try, in a rehearsal, right. but I, I'm telling you that was a bit. Like right. as, as I watched the scene, I'm like, oh, I remember when we came up with that bit. Okay. Like so I remember going, okay. oh, if you cross your arms, then I'm, I'm mad at you. I'll uncross my arms. So right. Well, that I makes love, sense. I love that kind of I, stuff. I do like that. But, yeah. but try this exercise. If you're talking to somebody and you kind of do this and start scratching it nine times out of 10, the other person will, will bring their hand to their face. It's really weird. Yeah. They're just, they will just end up copying you, but That's this weird. particular That's scene, weird. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> so in this particular scene, obviously it's a bit. So, uh, and it's a funny bit. I really enjoyed that. That's cute. Yeah. yeah. That's cute. It's a cute. Also, one. there's another thing in here where Janeway says, I wrote her line down. She says, something is wrong about this and I can smell it. Yeah. <laughs> I made the note. She probably smells Tim Russ or Johnny Phillips. <laughs> they have gaseous anomalies that are world famous. Um, oh, I think she's no. smelling Tim or Johnny. Uh, yeah. Something, okay. <laughs> something smells. Well, back to the whole crossing arms thing. And I've, I've talked about this a long time ago. Um, 
You know, when I was growing up in Memphis, Tennessee, I, I studied martial arts from the same teacher who taught Elvis Presley. Mm -hmm. And at our martial arts school, we were not allowed to cross arms or put our hands on the hip. It was, it was, it was deemed offensive and not respectful. And we were, we had to do push-ups if anyone caught us doing that. So to this day, I typically try not to do that. So, I mean, if you watch Harry, there's, it's a very rare moment where you see him crossing his arms or putting his hands on his hips, you know? Well, so that's this interesting. Is, and this is because of things with you. Yeah. It's stuck with me. Cause I don't, you know, my head is like, I don't want to do the push ups. So it's still, it's still ingrained in me. It's almost that's like funny. military service that I was in when I was, you know, uh, at the, uh, uh martial arts school in Memphis. So, wow. uh, so yeah. So whenever I see scenes of like other characters, Janeway, yourself, Torres crossing arms, I'm thinking, man, you guys will be doing so many push ups right now. Yeah, exactly. That's All right. funny. All right. So we Go to Cargo Bay, and it is filled with Nerians now. Yes. Um, and they say, you know, Cargo Bay is full. We're going to have to um, use shuttle the shuttle bays now uh, for some of these, you know, because they keep coming. Yeah. And half of our crew is gone at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, you jumped over the engineering scene. We'll just quickly say that uh, Chicote, Janeway, Bolana, and uh, Torres are in engineering. And Torres mm -hmm. talks about there's a possibility of this being a baby wormhole. This is what's causing mm -hmm. this, right? And maybe we got snagged on it. So um, she talks about a conversation she had with a scientist named Rislin. And uh, and they, they basically, Janeway's like, well, we need to get a hold of Rislin. So she calls down to the cargo bay, which is when Janeway disappears, right? And Neelix, right. Neelix is like, uh, come again, uh, Captain, are you there? And uh, no, she's gone. So mm -hmm. that's where we see that uh, everything is is filled with um, Nereans there, right? Yeah. Um, now we're on the bridge. And uh, this is, I love this scene because it's just Chakotay <laughs> and the ensign. Chakotay yeah, and the ensign. And and I, I, I have to, I made a note here because yes. I was like, this ensign's got a bunch of lines. Yeah. And so I looked it up. Deborah Levin is the mm -hmm. actress. Mm -hmm. uh, she was featured as Ensign Lang in um, third season three and four episodes, Blood Fever, Displaced, and Year of Hell. Oh, wow. Um, and she went on, uh, I think our show was one of her earlier jobs, mm -hmm. but she went on to do lots of sitcoms. She did guest mm. stars and, and lots of different sitcoms yeah. and comedies. And she did a bunch of episodes of How to Get Away with Murder in, in the recent past. So oh. she, she went on to uh, quite a few credits there. Yeah, and, and De another Deborah Levin is mm -hmm. her name. Debbie Levin, and then there's a uh, you know there's that whole humorous interchange with uh, Chakotay and uh, Ensign. Is she even given an Ensign Lang? Is that what you said? Ensign Lang, yeah, yeah. Um, they should just call her Ensign Levin. Just give her her real last name, right? Um, yeah. And he's like, well, how do you like your first day as chief of security, Ensign? <laughs> and she's like, and with the really dry, dry delivery, she's like, it's everything I've dreamed of, sir. <laughs> <laughs> she responds, right? And then he says, well, who says there's no room for advancement on this ship? So even the, in the midst of great um, peril yes. <laughs> or, you know, of, of everything's upside down, there is there are still these awesome humorous lines written yeah. in by Lisa Klink. So good job, Lisa. Yes, Keeping the humor job. going. We love it. Yeah. So uh, we hear Neelix disappear. They're talking to Neelix. He, mm -hmm. he disappears off camera again, mm -hmm. saving some money. Yeah. Uh, we do find out here that there's only 40 people left on the ship. Yeah. And uh, 
I also love the way, again, Alan staged this scene with Chicote was on the comm talking to Neelix. Mm-hmm. But while he was doing that, he was moving from console station to station. So the camera kept moving. Um, yeah. I thought it was it was just really well staged <clears throat> and and amplified the idea that there's not enough people to run the ship. That Chicote mm-hmm. has to go from the con over to engineering to this station to that station. So yeah. uh, um, I thought that was great. Yeah, um, for sure. We, speaking of engineering, we go to engineering and Bellana yeah. and Dr. Rislin are analyzing the situation yeah. and trying to figure out. And, and so far we feel like these guys, these Narians are innocent people. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time we, we realize that's not true. Dr. Rislin turns, he hits the guard, knocks him out, grabs his fa- phaser yeah. and uh, holds Bellana off. So I just want to say that the guard is later referred to as Ensign Molina. And so once again, I'm, I'm really impressed with the names that they've given to a lot of these background people yeah. that, and cause they kind of match except for Ensign Lang, like Lang should have been 11. She definitely looks like 11, not a Lang, but Melina no. looks like a Melina. And later they have the blonde haired guy with Chakotay. Uh-huh. That's, that's Larson, which is a Scandin- Scandinavian name, which is once again, perfectly, you know, named. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so Good a lot names. of attention to detail is what I'm, yeah. what I'm pointing out right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. To so, uh, Rislin's got Bolana, um, um, you know, held with the phaser he's just stolen. And, uh, and he says, I'm going to move you up in line. Yeah. She gets, you know, transported off the ship. Um, so we realize that they've got some control over this and, and some choice, and these are not innocent people. They're bad guys. By the way, if Bolana had listened to me in the first scene, she <laughs> just practiced her Klingon martial arts and wasn't denying the power of her heritage. Of her heritage, yes. She would have been able to fight this guy off. Oh, okay. And save the ship. <laughs> but instead, she's just like, eh, because she hasn't practiced her Klingon martial arts. Yeah. Like I told I, her to. I would like to bring attention to when uh, Torres is translocated out of there yeah what a cool shot it's her perspective right she's looking at Rislin, and then the way it's shot by by craker is that she's she's looking at him and then yeah. she see you see what she sees which is the little the, the kind of like orangish red effect yeah. right when she's being translocated yeah. which is cool it's angle cool. all right it's yeah. the opposite angle we haven't seen that reverse angle being no that's a very unusual well. very inventive way to very much so her. yeah so mm-hmm. yeah yes very cool and the planet mm-hmm. is beautiful and our crew is here everybody has yeah. been disappearing and yes. it looks like uh i think someone says it's an idyllic version of earth created that's right. just for us that's right but at that point, nobody knows what's happening still. They're completely nope. clueless, right? Nope. Um, we jump back to the bridge. Chakotay hears that Melina was found unconscious in engineering. Yes. And this is when Chakotay realizes this is this is a this is not a mutiny, excuse me. This is a takeover. This is yep. really what's happening. These guys are here and their intentions are not good. And so he says he's going to go talk with the Nereans. He heads down to Cargo Bay completely empty. Everyone's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, the next scene we see Damar ordering his team, you know, his men team two, go, you know, secure this. So this yeah. is a very well orchestrated, well-planned out um, attack essentially. And, um, and by the way, at this point, I think when, when Chakote was on the bridge before he left, he was told there's 12 crewmen left. That's, that's it right. on the yeah. whole ship. That's right. And that's I right. think crewman Gennaro is the one that calls in, which by the way, again, yeah. we never meet crewman Gennaro. No. And uh, probably a loop group guy. 
He has a nice voice. And the point when Damar is ordering his men, like, you know, team two do yeah. this, that's the scene where I went, <gasps> Pop Picardo. <laughs> right oh, that's there. Funny. Yes. I don't know what the maybe it was a side profile thing that, that came out or it's just, oh, just something reminded me of Bob. I loved it's a very simple moment, but when Chicote's walking down the hallway, I thought the score here was wonderful. I think Jay Chataway did the score. Oh, um, great. Epic yeah. Orchestra horns. Mm-hmm. It just, it's the kind of thing now and then in our show that just really pops out the, yeah. the music and the, and the composing and, and the sound of our show. Yes. Chicote, the one man army starting to walk down the hall and take care of business. I thought the, the score was really great there. So, right. Uh, yeah, uh, it was. Um, yeah. So by and, the way, when Chakotay walks down the hall and he gets to, to the cargo bay where everybody should be, he, he right. doesn't know they're gone yet or what's yeah. going on. And he's got his phaser drawn and the door opens and he steps around. He sort of stepped into a close up and didn't, it didn't appear that he pointed his weapon in defense or anything. Mm. And I just thought it's a cool close up. It's a dramatic moment, but where's his weapon? Like, uh, you know, if you're going to, why would you just step into a doorway, not knowing what's on the other side and yeah. not have your weapon drawn or not, not have, you know, looked around. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we could have used a tactical advisor for these yeah. kind of moments where, mm-hmm. where, you know, somebody could have said, eh, you really should, you know, check, you know, your, your 10 and your two or whatever you should, yeah. you know, you should clock things or enter a, a, a door danger this way or that way. Anyway. Yeah. He goes in, the near ends are gone. The bad guys are going everywhere through the Jeffrey's tube. By the way, when they're going through the Jeffrey's tubes, we didn't have that many Jeffrey's tubes. We had like one little set off of engineering, a little, a little center point with a couple of panels, mm-hmm. maybe one Jeffrey's tube off to the side yeah, and a way to climb up and a way to climb down maybe. And that's about it. Like, yeah, very there wasn't limited. a lot. Very they, limited. Yeah, they milked all of this by you know re reusing panels and having them you know approach from different directions or climb out one way and come down the next way and it yep. made it seem like they were on a much bigger set than we really had. Yeah, that's um, true. Um, we see scenes on the bridge and of engineering where our crew are being well, whoever's left of the crew are being overrun by the Nereans. So the Nereans have basically taken over every aspect of the we ship. We see Ensign, uh, what's her name? Lang. Lang. Ensign <laughs> Lang. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We see her draw a phaser and fire and take out one of the bad guys. She takes out two. Actually, she takes two. out two. Mm-hmm. But then she's hit. Who's that extra next to her? The short hair girl? I, I, I can't. I, Oh, she's one of the, the, the regular. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah. a regular extra that we haven't seen until this episode. I, I have not really seen her until now, but I can't remember her name. But anyway, I, I interrupted. Please go ahead. Well, so um, uh, that actress who played Ensign Lang is really good. But this phaser hit that she takes, oh. <laughs> it made me laugh. She's just sort of like wiggled like a, like a worm move and then sort of fell straight down. I was like. <laughs> you could have did a little a bit better double on that. You could have <laughs> yeah. used a stunt double, not the yeah. best. Taking a phaser hit there, yeah. But, and yeah. it's also early in in uh, you know in her career too, so she's yes. probably she's probably so nervous and everything about being on set, right? And making and doing her own stunts, doing her own there. stunts. She's like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? Yeah. Should I wiggle? Should I do the worm? What should I do? Right? So yeah. yes. Um, so then we're, she did did the worm. worm. So now we're in the corridor and Chakotay is with Larson. And once again, I'm going to say 
the people that look the best in gold are blondes. Blondes, blondes, blondes. Yeah, that guy looked amazing in the gold. It's that gold. No, not for Asians. Asians should never be in that gold color. It's horrible. It brings everything wrong out, right? So, <laughs> and this is, and I'm going to say this now, and I'm going to say it again later. This is Jerry Ryan was supposed to wear a Starfleet uniform that was gold, but she said no because she said she saw what it looked like on me. She goes, so she told production, I'm not going to wear puke yellow. I'm not going to, I'm now. So they put her in medical green, which makes no sense for no, what she no was sense. doing in that episode she should have been in gold and i'm gonna say it right now jerry ryan look at larson he looks amazing all blondes <laughs> look best tom paris would look amazing in gold as well if tom had gold on okay if you're asian right. or mediterranean uh, i'm going on a tangent here because i'm very passionate about this okay i get so passionate about this and i always say asians mediterranean anyone with darker more olive skin they look great in the red in command or the 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 teal the green right but not the gold they don't listen. People don't know. I it's know. okay. All That's right. Hard. Let's move on. I'll Color play. matching is so okay. hard. It is. Um, yeah. Chakotay is in the hallway. He finds a panel. He says they're everywhere. They're even decrypting our access codes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they plan this mission, he realized. And Larson, your favorite blonde Scandinavian in gold, disappears. <laughs> yes, and uh, Gennaro is the only one left with Chakotay. But yeah. of course, We've never met Gennaro and yeah. we never will because he's only on the call and the loop group. Yes. And the loop group. <laughs> so Chakotay, uh, you see when he's being chased by that trio of Nerian guards, right? Yes. This is the first time you see a really buff Nerian like that really oh, like bodybuilding Nerian. Cause up until now it's like, Oh, these guys are taking over. They're kind of frail and kind of slight, you know, but yes. now they have one guy who clearly has eaten his Wheaties and been to the gym. So he's right. really, really the buff guy chasing after. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I made a note about that guy. And he's also the guy later when Chakotay peeks into a Jeffrey's tube and there's one yeah. dude in there and he's shooting at him. That's him again. So, Oh, really? Yes. Maybe it was a stunt guy. Maybe yeah, heard stunt guy. That's true. Maybe. That prob- That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. We go to the bridge. The Nereans cannot control the engines. They they are locked out. Yeah. So Chakotay has sabotaged some of this. And we yeah. cut back to the tubes. And Chakotay is sabotaging all kinds of controls. Mm-hmm. Sparks blowing up in his face. I was very proud of Robert Beltran to get some yeah. of those sparks. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a good little rebel fighter, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. We, we go back to the bridge. And I just have to say, Dr. Rislin uh, was sitting in my chair at the con <laughs> And I could see crystal clear. He did not know how to fly this ship. He is completely lost at the con. I'm just going to say it. See, that's another thing that always kind of gets me. It's like these aliens who have no clue, uh, you know, they don't know anything about us, yet they seem to know how to operate our ship pretty well, you know? And then later when Tuvok and Janeway are in the the Marion corridor and Tuvok is like, you know, he's tapping away fast on all these alien symbols. Like he knows these symbols. It's like, I mean, come well, he's, on. Here's the thing. There's a lot of like English alien continuity reality issues yeah. here. Like there's scenes but, on the bridge where the Nereans are talking on, on the view screen to their yeah. lady down below. And they're all talking English to each yeah, other. I'm like, that's true. I'm like, wait a minute. Like that's true. When they're in a scene with us, I get yeah. why they're speaking English. But the universal been, translator with us, yeah. right? But, but not when they're talking subtitled. to each other. Yeah. When mm. there was none of us around and yeah. they were still speaking English. Right. And, and yes, and on their ship, their controls had English written, you know, like there were words on their panels. I'm like, 
their computers aren't going to. No, no, no. That you're, you're mistaken. That that's after, after Jane, after Tuvok, they had said something about Janeway said something about since they have downloaded our database, there must be something that they use to translate it into their language. We can possibly reverse that. And Tuvok taps around and that's, oh, that's when that, right. that's when say, it pops up. And that's and why it English. comes yes, back. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they did, yeah. so they that did one, address that. Okay. Yes. I, I buy that one. But then. no, but you are right about if there's a, if, if there's a view screen communication between one Nerian and another, they should be speaking in Nerian, right? Yes. I mean, it is, <laughs> I don't think so. Not English. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Let's move on. And by on. the way, we're back in the tubes. Chakotay hmm. is like a one man army i just gotta say he's, yeah. he's you know there's there's uh you know sparks everywhere i just think uh <clears throat> chakotay had uh, some really good action hero stuff going on here mm-hmm. um he ends up in sick bay yeah and he's 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 gonna try to download the doctor's entire program into yeah. the hollow emitter because um the the Nerians are gonna delete the doctor's program. That's and Gennaro's right. gone. They're trying to get rid of every everything and everybody yes. on our ship. So uh Chicote goes and he saves the doctor. He down he downloads him into the mobile emitter at the very mm-hmm. last second. Uh by the way, the doc takes a hypo spray as the guys are prying open the door and he hypo sprays a guy to sleep, uh defending himself and, mm-hmm. and then uh and then uh, Chakotay's got the hollow emitter. He's downloaded the program and he mm-hmm. says, I know when to give up. And he's translocated to the planet with everybody else. So Right. To the but, Nerian uh, Earth jail, whatever yep, you want to call it. But he's taken right? the doctor with him in the hollow emitter. Yeah. Which is a close lucky, lucky doctor. Lucky yep, doctor. Just under the wire. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're down on the planet. And um, Talon. Is it Talon? Yeah, that's what you said it was. I never, never heard her name. I so I just said, Nir- I wrote it as Nerian Commander. Nerian Female Commander tells Janeway. Talene, uh, okay. Um, that's yeah. when that's when we find out what's been going on. That's when our, our main players, our heroes, discover the nefarious plan of the Nerians. Yeah. The, ne- <laughs> the nefarious Nerians. I kind of like that. Um, and that uh, essentially they have used this process to take over numerous alien ships and as well as stations, as well as colonies in order to use these resources to to defend their homeland, their their home territory. So they don't fight wars. They figured out this game that they can play Mm -hmm. that looks innocent. So they're basically passive aggressive armies. Yeah. They just, they don't really directly fight anybody. They sort of take over in this way that seems innocent. Mm Mm-hmm looks innocent at the outset, but is, right. is definitely not, is all right. part of the plan. That's right. This is when Harry sees a portal appear, right? Harry sees the portal appear and out of it comes their neighbor, Jarleth. Jarleth introduces Lizard himself. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some good uh, makeup there. Good alien oh, really makeup cool. on Jarleth. Lizard Man, yeah. this is Mark Taylor playing this role. Yeah. He says to them, it took me nine years to find this portal from our yeah. side. <laughs> And that, nine uh, years my yeah. god he's like we got and, a desert over there yeah. we got no, no food not really yeah. food or water so he starts looking at all of our baskets of well he the, starts not only looking he starts eating doesn't he yeah, start eating he starts yeah, chewing on some stuff you know i wonder yeah. what that was that he was eating it was probably dried like, fruit yes it looked like dried apricot or dried something yeah. you know for sure yeah. but then Janeway notices boy this is a really hunger hungry guy hungry alien so i'm going to use this as a way to barter information out of him so um she just wants to know uh, uh how did you locate the portal in return, you can have all these baskets of food. And so that's 
basically the uh, um, the agreement they agree upon. And I just want to say about the collaborate. Yeah. Yes, and I want to just say about his makeup. It reminded me of the makeup from Rise, but much better, much more oh. detailed. Remember the aliens in Rise? You didn't like their makeup at all. Um, like the professor and uh, mm -hmm. and the other guys, they had those kind of spikes across the brow, but yeah. it, it just wasn't as refined of makeup there wasn't as much detail but jarla yeah, no, everything good, super done makeup hands yeah. completely covered too right so that they're alien hands not human hands with yep. uh, you know paint on them so yep. um or coloring so it, it really really good job on the makeup for jarla Agreed. okay so we meet him they decide to collaborate there's a bit of a time cut here and we do see a, a nice crane shot of this dark planet prism yep. that you know and biosphere that we're on this right place and it's a beautiful set it's it was lit i gotta say marvin rush did a great job in the whole episode of yeah taking this idea of sort of darkening the lighting on our ship and yeah just all of it i i know marvin really loved working with alan craker um and so he probably got very excited and did a little extra in this episode and i think yeah. it showed it was really good and as an actor for me to walk onto that set it, it excited me i was like oh wow so this is where they've you know thrown us this is the mm -hmm. idyllic prison uh, setting environment yeah. and it was uh, very well done just looking around i was like oh wow they did a really good job making something out of nothing so yeah mm -hmm. so balana is uh we see the time has passed balana's been adjusting the doctor doctor's optical sensors right. so that he can look for microwave signatures for yeah. more more of these portals. They think there yeah. may be other other portals and and other uh, biospheres or other prisons that we mm -hmm. might be able to find. Mm -hmm. um, and then Balana apologizes to Tom. Tom shows up, yeah. and uh, she apologizes for being overly sensitive and right. snapping at him. And they're starting to really reconnect and you know get over their little hump when the doctor. This nice Ruins romantic it. moment is interrupted by the doctor's commentary <laughs> and uh, about what Bellana was doing, that she yeah. was being defensive. Yeah, defense mechanisms. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and the and Paris kind of goes, yeah, you're, I think you're right, Doc, or something right. foolishly agrees. Right. And then Which this then escalates. Bellana. Yeah. Oh, and then there's another fight. Yes. And the doctor keeps commenting in the middle of them bickering. It was a great yeah. little scene. Yes. And eventually Bellana turns off his, his audio. She goes it, over and she, turns yeah, him off. She, in one qu very quick move, she turns off his speech processors. His and speech it's just like, it's the best. But you missed the other funny moment right before this when yeah. she's reconfiguring his optical sensors. And then um, he, he, the doctor goes, oh, great. Then I can begin my new career as a tricorder. Like when he says yes, that. Right. And I, right. I started laughing so hard. Very so funny. great line, Lisa Clink. We love that line. And then the whole turning off the, the speech processors. Love that too. Very yes. funny. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but they continue to argue, Balana and Tom, and and they sort of hit a bottom here where where she's like, well, if you think I'm so you know angry all the time, then why do you even try to be my friend? And he goes, yeah. fine, I'm going to stop trying. Right. So we think, oh boy, <laughs> Tom and Balana, you kind of hit a rock bottom here. Yes, um, they're not going to be able to recover from that's this. That's right. And then we Never have a. Over. No, we have a we have another passage of time. So it's now later at night in the Nerean uh, jail environment, and Tuvok is busy constructing a uh, rudimentary phaser. He's going MacGyver right now, and he's trying to make a, a weapon, an energy weapon. He's talking to Chakotay, who's helping. Neelix shows up, and he's sent to look for more parts. Um, Chakotay is very impressed with Tuvok's improvisational skills. 
He says, it reminds him, it says to Chakotay says, it reminds me of my Starfleet Academy survival exercises. Then Tuvok then tells us like, well, you know, I, I already had preparation for those survival exercises. When I was on planet Vulcan, I had to survive in the Vulcan desert for four months with only a ritual blade. And I started thinking, Four months. Like if you're talking about a wilderness survival exercise, I can understand a week, but we're yeah. talking about four, four months. months in the so, Vulcan. Yes. yes. In this right of yeah, the right of Talof is what he called it. And it's just like, oh my God, that's so hardcore. Yeah. Vulcan yeah. Vulcans are it was like so the academy was not a big deal. Yeah. To me. Well, it was a piece of cake. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, they do finally, uh, we see the doctor has been adjusted and yes. they find a portal. That's right. The doctor sees this portal, mm-hmm. uh, the door opens and we see some corridors that look like a ship or yeah. inner hallways of something. Yeah. And so they, they enter, uh, Paris and, and Torres with, mm-hmm. uh, our lizard friend and, um, Tuvok and Janeway head off a different direction. I got to say, this feels like a reuse of the Borg corridors. The quarters that we used in yeah. Unity, which was just yeah. a couple few episodes before, mm-hmm. it looked like a reuse. I'm sure there were a lot of sets on this episode. I'm sure they right. reused and repainted those Borg mm-hmm. corridors because it looked exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tom um, finds an alien panel. He, by the way, he finds this alien panel. It looks like there's like four big buttons on the panel. And he right. kind of looks and thinks about it and then hits the bottom button. <laughs> How did I know what button to pick? You uh, could have you could have hit the self-destruct button and you didn't even know, but you just yeah. went ahead and said, I'll take this button, right? Yep. I got four choices. I, I luckily <laughs> picked the right one. Door, door number four, please. Door number four. Okay. Door yeah. opens. It's a jungle in there. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a different biosphere. Right. Uh, so they continue down the hall and Balana mm-hmm. finds another panel. Yeah. She opens that door and it's rocky cliffs. Rocky, cliffy, coastal, you know, yep. sea. So, so I'm going to stop you right now and I'm going to ask you. Clearly, obviously, those those uh, environments were not there. That was clearly some type of green screen. And uh, what did you do? What was your process as an actor to make your reaction to that environment look realistic like what did you typically do when you were in a green screen episode because they're, they're shooting the reverse well, of your I, would, reaction. I would always ask them like are there specific you know um important spots that we should look at are we looking mm-hmm. at a general landscape is there right. a you know a structure or things right. so if there were we'd put a piece of tape up that's on right. the green screen mm-hmm. so you could look at oh that's where the castle is right. and that's where the ocean is yes and you'd have those pieces of tape that you would you would all discuss okay that's going to be that that's going to yeah. be that right so yeah okay. that, that's one way that you could do it right um that's the technical side of it but did you sort of like did you do any type of exercises or anything of uh to visualize no, that specifically really. okay no all not right. really i would just okay. ask if there were yeah, the technical, what is this spot? What specifically am I? Where do you want me to look? Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and what am I looking at, too? What am I looking at? Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now we're in the Nerean corridor, and Janeway was with Tuvok. She yes. accesses the Nerean computer Again, and notices. Somehow they know what buttons to push. Right. They, they know what. More than four. They, yeah. They had... <laughs> than, I only have four to choose from. Yeah. They had like 50, but they <laughs> happen to push the right one. Well, they, yeah. And Tuvok translates it into English. He yes. figures out how to figure that out. And they, they see it says the Federation habitat. And there's some type of security camera that's panning back and forth, yep. showing everybody, all the Starfleet members, you know, inside that habitat. And it says that habitat holds 148. So now, once again, we have the crew complement 
supplement um, specifically named how many we have on the ship. Yep. 148. I had always thought it was higher than that. I thought it was more, but nope. It's just 148. Tuvok also sees there are 94 different environments. So yep. now Janeway extrapolates that and says there are thousands of people being held here. Thousands mm-hmm. of aliens against their will. And then I had a note. Do Vulcans not sweat? So we already talked about that before. Yes, Tuvok is totally sweating. Pristine. Which I, love that, I love that detail of the hot. That's why it's in my haiku, the hot and the cold. Yes. It was definitely a part of this episode. In the yes. yes. Um, they also, they realize that they're on a ship. They're, that's, they're not on some planet, but they're right. on this biosphere ship. Mm-hmm. And then there's an alarm. They're detected. Yeah. And I made a note that uh, when the alarm goes off, the red lights, you know, the red alert comes on. And I'm like, oh, these aliens, these Nereans also like red alert. That red <laughs> is, I guess, the universal color <laughs> for emergency. Emergency, yes. <laughs> not just on Earth. <laughs> Not just in one particular place on Earth, but I know is universal. There needs to be another. I know they should be blue alert for these for aliens or some other color, right? Green alert, right? I I don't know. It just it jumped out at me. There were so many, you know, English and you know things that aliens. It was a lack of distinguishing the aliens as being different than humans or earthlings. Yes. Well, they, they did distinguish the Nerean graphics on their, their computer as being different because bit, yeah. look at the colors. All I could think of was the art deco, the art deco district in, I don't know oh, if yeah. you can see that. I mean, I uh, the colors are, like I said, the colors like are, are aqua green, pink and, and coral, very Miami art deco district, which yes. actually is smart because if they come from a really hot Mm, you know, planet or, or oh, hot yeah. environment. Miami's hot, right? Tropical so, colors. Yeah, tropical colors yeah. is what they utilized. Yeah. And I kept thinking that's kind of smart. Small attention to detail. Yeah. yeah. So we're back in the tunnels. Uh, Paris and Bellana tell Lizard Guy, they're like, we're, we got to go find our captain too. Yeah. Like, we got to go make sure they're okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's like, uh, I'm not going back in there. Yeah. And, and so they, they head off and suddenly some Nerean guards show up and lizard guys like they made me do it. He, he turns very quickly, turns him in. What did that remind you of? What did that remind you of? Neelix. Neelix from false prophets. Exactly. Yes. It was just like, he I'm just giving like up that. everything. And in, in fact, I'm going to tell you where Paris and Torres are. Yeah, right they that went corner. That like, way. Dude, That's you a... didn't have to, you did not have to say where they went. You could exactly. have just, you know, he was not, not a reliable lizard. No, not at all. No, um, very so annoying. We, we see Paris and Torres, they get in a phaser fight. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Nereans are coming from both sides and they're like, we've got to go hide in some biosphere. Mm-hmm. And they open up the biosphere that is this <laughs> Arctic environment, a freezing cold environment. Yeah, I wrote down like, the Argala habitat, but in parentheses, I wrote Canadian. Is what I wrote yeah, down. It's, it's, it's like Canada, it's, basically. It's, it's Edmonton. Oh my it's, lord, it's, it's Alberta. Freezing. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So they they walk into Canada where mm. it's freezing. Yeah, and uh, the bad guys uh, come up. The Nereans come up, and they're like, you know, that's a way colder than we can stand. But let's do this. Let's go. Go, guys. And well, in they go. Yeah, but look at Talon. She's like, you guys go. It's an order. She doesn't go. She, she doesn't sends go. them in. Right. She, she's just sending them to their death. It's like, come yeah. on. You know, what's going on here? So um, we go in there. Yeah. These white ice caves are um, stage really 16? beautiful. Where is that? Stage 16. Stage okay. 16. It was the same caves we normally use. They just painted them white. I remember. Wow. I remember. Uh, 
being in those caves a couple times in the iced version that that we've done on the we did well, on the series. What do they do with all the dirt that's on the floor? Like I, I think don't, they put. They, I think they swept they just, it up and they, they put swept snow it out, put white snowy stuff yeah. down. Okay, because yeah, it's typically. Now, and when there was the phaser fight in the in the ice caves, and there was some avalanche kind of stuff. Yeah, when you noticed, made the avalanche come down. Yeah, th- what, there was some dark brown. There was a. Yeah, I don't know if <laughs> there you know, was. But, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> some of that stuff that wasn't painted white fell through. Right. That's okay. You know, it's okay. it could just be rock debris right underneath yeah. the snow so it's possible um we did uh skip over the fact that uh, there is a scene where tuvok and janeway have now figured out the translocator technology they're like yes. oh this is what they're using um to do the but they don't know how to target like they know how to kind of operate yeah. at the basics and they're still figuring that out that's when you and torres are running for your life in canada and yep. um <laughs> <laughs> and we have a little fight with some yeah. guys and then she's freezing her hands are cold yeah. harris grabs her hands and he's rubbing her hands and yeah. trying to warm her up kind of romantic and, uh yeah and uh obviously paris has magic breath because he <laughs> he blows on her hands and she's fine she's, she's like, okay yeah. he's like are you, i'm like are you okay and she goes yeah better better yeah it's unbelievable apparently you... paris tom paris has magic magical breath. hot breath is what yes. tom paris has and as he's holding her hands and they're very close, trying to stay yeah. positive and together, uh, one Nerian it starts to appear around the corner. But just as he begins to draw his weapon, he just passes out. It's too cold. I don't for even you. think he draws his weapon. If you notice, his eyebrows are frosted. They frosted his eyebrow. Yeah. <laughs> like he had been he's frozen. He's freezing like so and he can't yeah. take it and he collapses. Right. Hmm. And uh, and then uh, Bologna the grabs. Yeah, the other guy comes up. Bologna grabs his weapon and shoots that guy. She grabs uh, your weapon, not his weapon. She grabs remember? my weapon. That's yeah. right. Right. Which then makes me wonder why on earth didn't you grab the two guy, the two Nerian weapons? Like you guys, you know that your phaser is on its last leg, right? There's very little power left, but there's no motion to grab. There's two down. I know we should have grabbed dogs. some weapons. You I know. Taking the weapons. I know. What's happening? I don't know. Um, Janeway and Tuvok. Um, they work on the tar- they work on how to target the translocator, right? Yeah, that's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, this they're sweating. Which, by the way, I made a note of like that's hard to do on stage sometimes because our sound stage was very temperature controlled. It was always air conditioned. So if you're trying to play hot, yeah, um, you know it's it's hard sometimes mm-hmm. to. It's just it was tricky to sort of really feel and immerse yourself in those temperature changes. Or if you're trying to play cold and you had you you know maybe you had like parkas on and yeah. gloves and everything you're actually sweating under there because it's right. not that cold it's, exactly you know it's a very even kind of normal soundstage feeling so. yeah and you know and that's something that you're never taught in when you know when you go to when you take theater classes and you first start out as an actor like there's no classes about how to react to temperature you know there yeah. really isn't like you're talking yeah. about your what is my motivation in this scene it's never about what is the actual temperature in this scene you know yeah. you don't talk about that so it's very difficult to play that for sure yeah sometimes it can be tricky because mm-hmm. it's it's not at all the temperature that your story is is trying to tell correct it's very usually the opposite right usually the opposite yeah mm-hmm. um okay. torres is is uh really you know, uh, yeah, she's she's losing it. Well, she's losing it because we talk. She talks about how Klingons are not uh, really great 
in terms of dealing with cold temperatures like that, right? That's, yeah. that's been established earlier in your conversation. So in that scene, in the scene that you're talking about now, she's, she's literally about to just collapse and collapse. Keep, and I, and, and Paris come on, come says on. on your feet now, Torres, that's yeah. an order. He's yelling at her yes. and he picks her up and he's holding her up and yes. And trying to talk her, you know, through this and holding her very tight to keep her warm. And suddenly they're translocated back to the prison planet where yes. the rest of the crew is. And we go off of Susan Lewis's look. Okay. So that's when you guys come back. Hold on. Let me, yeah. let me, you guys come back in. But yeah. if you look, I'm going to look at what John Tampoy is doing. No one else is smiling, but he is smiling oh, at you guys when you guys are back in. I don't know what that was from. What direction I think he's given. smiling because when we're beamed in, we're, we're holding, it looks to them like we're making out. Okay. You know, they don't know where we're coming from. They don't know the rest of the crew when we beamed in there. Ooh, look at the look on your face there. That's too. called overacting. That's, that's right a caption. <laughs> that's called overacting. Can we caption this, please, guys? Thank you. Okay. Who farted? Who farted? Um, <laughs> yeah, but Susan Lewis. So again, they play the beam in off of one of our stand in and backgrounds faces. She looks over, we hear a sound, and then the camera pans over and there's- I didn't even see Susan. So she's in that scene? Yeah. She causes the uh, she causes the camera to move then? They yeah. follow yeah, her yeah, look? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. I didn't um, know and- uh, Good eye. And yeah, another money-saving moment, which, yeah. but I thought it was cute because everybody thinks that, you know, Balan and Tom are, must've been making out somewhere when really she was about to die. Right. Um, right. So it was, a, it was a cute beam in. Um, yeah. And then we go back to the ice caves and Janeway translocates inside there and tells them, you guys are going to have to surrender. And they refuse. Right. Yeah, because she right. she has translocated um, Rislin and Damar off of Voyager's bridge of Voyager, into yes. the Argala habitat. And they're now super Now they're starting freezing, to freeze because right? yeah, yeah. these Nereans can't handle yeah. the cold. Yeah. And she so. says, if you don't uh, surrender, then I'm going to translocate each and every one of your kind into this cave. Into and this cave. Die. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they, 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 they basically they're like, okay, fine. Bye. Fine. Yeah. Fine, fine, fine. Yeah. And uh, they agree and yay, we cut back and the crew's on board mm -hmm. and we hear that uh, the captain has, has gotten all the other aliens that were prisoner to in touch with their home planets and they're beginning to return back to their home worlds. And right. So happy right. ending there. Um, we go on to the holodeck, the holo resort the hollow resort program and we see Torres enter um, and walk over and there's Paris laying on a, getting some sun. And I, I, I love wrote this down scene. Their, I love a little scene. exchange. I like the scene too. I, I love this really scene. Nice. It's the best. Things were pretty chilly there for a while. Things were uh, I'll chilly. Be, I'll be her. I'll be her. And then you can say, you, you have your line too for you. Yes. I got, okay. I got the line. All right. I'll be Alana. <clears throat> she says, nice day. Beautiful. Things were pretty chilly there for a while. I guess they were. Feels good to be warm again. Yeah, sure does. Yeah. Oh, great that's what I scene. Think. And great you know scene. what? Lisa Clank, look at this. Wonderful. In, this, in essence, this scene, yeah, it's about what happened to them, but really it's about um, we argued, we're over it. We're back to normal. We're still great friends. Let's continue our relationship. That's what yeah. I got from this scene. Oh, and again, yeah. you know, this is, I like writing like this because, you know, whenever you're not hitting the nail on the head, 
it's so much better. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's, they're playing this, they're, they're, they're playing the subtext in the scene, not, yes. not on the nose. It's yes. Great. Which is great. It's wonderful. Great ending scene. So good yeah. job, Lisa Clank. Good Yay, job. Lisa. Yes. Okay. What's your lesson? My lesson was just because something looks innocent, mm. don't assume that it is. Oh, it's kind of don't judge a book by its cover. But okay. when these guys first started arriving, we were like, yeah. oh, they must be innocent. It's kind of my my issue with when the first guy appears and Tom doesn't grab a bat lift or right. grab something and like, wait a minute, I need to I need to know for sure that you're trustworthy before mm-hmm. I trust you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my theme. Just because something looks innocent, don't assume it is. Yeah, that's a good overall you? theme. That's good. over. Um, for me. Uh, I have a couple of themes. Uh, number one, if you already have the technology, build your own dadgum ships instead of hijacking other people's ships. Okay. Yeah. So that's one lesson. That's a good the, lesson. Yeah, build your own lesson. dadgum ships. Dadgum ships. Dadgum. Um, and then my other lesson is that sometimes we must learn to improvise to survive. Yeah. Okay. I like that one too. Yeah. Good All themes. Right. All righty. Well, very good. That was fun. Yeah. I still give it an eight out of 10. I okay. really like this episode. And I give it a seven. And thanks. Nice. Thank everyone for tuning in to this episode of Delta Flyers. Join in next week when Robbie and I will be reviewing the episode Worst Case Scenario. Yeah. Thanks, guys. See you guys. See ya.